and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We've got a, a full crew in the house, um, excited to kind of have another in-depth discussion and excited for the guests that we have on board. So uh, as always here with the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable, we would like to welcome you all first. I'll, I'll start with the, the ladies. Danielle, thanks for joining us. How are you doing this evening? Good, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, we've been talking about this kind of like for a long time with Las Rojas and everything and maybe doing something with the girls this last season with the UPSL and schedules just kind of didn't work out. And then we wanted to do a World Cup show, but apparently France is more exciting than the uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. So. I could have maybe tried to Skype in from France. I don't know how long. No. <laughs> You can't go to France and, hey, I'm going to do a podcast back home. Come on. Hey, let me just rub it in your face. Who was the, the previous player that was doing all the awesome interviews over there for ESPN and stuff with the uh, amazing backdrops? Was it like what Lindsay Horan did some like takeovers with like her family. And so she was out and about. And then Alex Curry, maybe? Okay. I, I just heard it on the radio on the way in, so I never got to see it, but we could have had you there uh, overseas, you oh, know, no. and everything, but that's okay. Our budget isn't that big, Scott. Listen, next, <laughs> next World Cup, I'm ready. Right. I'm already, like, targeting in on where we're going, so. Sounds good. Sounds good. We've also got uh, Coach Augie Mendez joining us this evening from uh, Samba. And Antonio, how are you doing tonight, Coach Augie? Hey. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to him. And um, hi, Danielle. And hi, uh, Rafa and uh, Harry. Hello, hello. How you guys Absolutely. doing? And Harry and Rafa. And is that is that AJ in the background there that I see? Do, do, do yes, AJ guess? is watching uh, Atlanta, Orlando. So if something exciting happens, I'm sure you guys will hear it. All right. Well, we want his breakdown for San Antonio FC here in a little bit, Harry. So uh, make sure he's ready, man. Hey, they want you on the uh, breakdown, San Antonio. <laughs> but Coach Augie, we uh, we're excited to have you um, here. And uh, Rafa, I'm sorry not to forget the silent but beautiful Rafa. Yeah. How are you doing tonight, man? Good, good. Just just enjoying enjoying going back to work again. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be filling the role of Rafa tonight. Rafa's going to be Harry tonight with the hot takes. You know. <laughs> And you're just going to sit there and look pretty. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'll sit here. I never look pretty. I, I, that's never been my claim to fame. Well, we're going to get into some San Antonio FC discussion uh, here in a little bit. Um, but first and foremost, um, definitely excited to talk about women's soccer here in San Antonio. And who better to talk about it with than uh, Coach Augie and, and Danielle from Las Rojas. So, uh, Coach Augie, just for uh, our viewers and stuff like that who – may not be familiar uh, with who you are. Why don't you start off and, and give us a little bit of background uh, going back to your playing history and, and just a little bit of your playing days. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm just going to make it, you know, kind of quick. So I was born in Mexico City and um, I played for the Pumas Academy until I was uh, 13. Then I I was part of the Pumas uh, Reserva Profesional, you know, uh, Professional Reserve when I was 15, and then I played 15 years through several clubs, America, Leon, Huastepec, uh, Union de Curtidores, uh, you know, Pumas. And um, uh, last last team to play for was Orizaba. And then after that, I, you know, my mom was American, so I always had the opportunity to come here, you know, through all those years. And when I was 30, you know, I decided to join the army. 
So I joined the army. Uh, I was in the army for 22 years and I was lucky enough that the army had teams too. So I played for the all army soccer team. I played for the armed forces men's national team. And then after about 10 years, I became the coach of the men, armed forces men. And then suddenly they asked me, you know, they created the women and then they asked me if I wanted to be coach. And I said, yes. And I went to seven World Cups with the women. You know, it's called CISM Comité International Military uh, Soccer. It's a French word. And then I retired in 2010 and my wife said, we're going to retire in San Antonio. And I said, well, let's go. And I got here and I love it here. So that's a little background on quick background. But if you have any more questions or any more details or anybody has, you know, I can go into it. Well, retired, I guess, quote unquote, is, is the way to say it, right? Because uh, far from it, as far as uh, your coaching history goes, uh, even here in, in Alamo City. So um, tell us a little bit about the different teams that you coach for uh, here in San Antonio. Okay, so when I got here, I, uh, my, my, you know, I have two kids and uh, I looked for a club and, you know, looked at several clubs and we ended up in SA United. And, you know, we had, they played there their whole, uh, since they were like, eighth graders until they graduated from high school. So I coached in SA United until like three years ago. And then I got into high school, you know, and, and um, I love it. I mean, I'm coaching for Antonian and it's a great organization, a great private school. And I'm going into my fifth year as a girls head coach. Fifth year there, Antonian, looking forward to uh, your, your upcoming season. Um, yes. Just to kind of highlight that a little bit. Um, can you talk to us a little bit just about kind of, maybe how many returning seniors you have this season or, or just kind of what maybe some of y'all's goals are for the upcoming high school season? Well, you know, I, I, I only lost like two or three starters that were seniors. I, I actually lost 12 seniors last year, okay. but we have a good uh, freshman class too coming in. And uh, so I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. And I think uh, the girls work very hard and you know, they all play for different clubs. Some of them don't, but they work hard in the season. So I'm, I'm loving it there. Gotcha. So time for the, uh, the young squad to uh, step up a little bit there for you guys this season, huh? That, that's correct. You know, I mean, Danielle can tell you, she, she's a ref couple of my games. So <laughs> she actually can talk Perfect about my Antonian team. team. And they're Perfect. very good. That's why yeah. we have her here on this show this yeah, evening, Danielle. So, so uh, as Coach Augie there mentioned, also uh, a referee here uh, in the San Antonio area. And That's, I've seen you at WPSL games. Tell us a little bit about your refereeing and some of the different leagues that you've had the opportunity to referee in. Um, a little bit of everything, honestly, in San Antonio. Um, I've done the SAFCDA games, um, the different women's games. Um, just a lot of the youth games are around town. Um, men's, women's leagues, tournaments. Um, I've refed. Um, I know we were talking earlier about the Defenders Cup. Um, I've been able to ref in that. Um, I think there's just a ton of variety and there's so much soccer. Um, and so it gives people who want to ref or who want to make money and still pursue their passion an opportunity to get into it. And PSA so, uh, clinics are going on. You can ref now. Uh, we'll take you. Yeah. Is there a website or, you know, I've actually thought about it often myself just for Saturdays and Sundays, you know, to make a little bit of extra money. Like you say, is there a website or how would you suggest for those of us who maybe did it five or 10 years ago, you know, to, to get reinvolved? 
So the easiest way is to go to stsr.org or stxref.org, which is short for South Texas. <laughs> .org, and that's going to get you set up with your USSF um, certification so you can ref um, a number of the youth games. And then also there's the high school. So a lot of people will coach during the fall and then come um, January to April, they'll ref for middle school and high school, which is a great opportunity and especially to get your start. Yep. I, actually, Augie and I, I think we did a game together or we were oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's just tasso.org and you just follow those prompts. Um, but it's a great way to keep pursuing your passion to stay involved. Um, and it, it pays pretty well too. So. Absolutely. Augie, I think I've actually seen you out there uh, on Sundays sometimes with the uh, Sunday league I play in uh, doing some of the officiating and stuff like that out there also. So uh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, that's correct. On Sundays, I, um, you know, Sasa, I go to that league and, I love refing, you know, and, uh, you know, going back to the, to the team. So, you know, when I left SA United, I started co coaching in high school and then, you know, I, I, I started with Samba, you know, and Samba had a men's team, you know, and coach Rexford, you know, invited me and, you know, opened the door and I said, yeah, why not? And then, you know, I was there. And then this year we had the women and, uh, and now we have, a an old one boys team. So. Absolutely. And, and Scott, I'm the uh, referee, just, and it just happens to be um, Alamo City's actually offering a uh, grassroots in-person field session yes. uh, on the 11th here. Uh, I put the link on, on the chat here. Uh, I guess it's a, it says it's an in-person grassroots field session, the fee is 6240 uh, for that here. But, you know, basically it's a way to get introduced, in, or introduced into it. Um, and I put the link on there for you if that is something that you're looking um, at possibly doing uh, for that here. So um, there is one actually coming up with this weekend, right? Uh, the 11th here. So, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah there is. Pre-register. Pre yes. Well, we've got Danielle now as our uh, official that we can get into all of our pro referee discussions with because she has all the answers, right? We, we got to save that because <laughs> Team Red had a bad week last week. You know, you can just take more it out than Danielle, I do, right? Um, and so there are way better people to talk to than you. I can get some expert, true experts on here for us. We're just kidding. We don't have any experts on this show other than the coaches that we talk to. And that's what I want to get into now, Augie. Um, we had the opportunity kind of to talk to John last week uh, about the men's team. You mentioned Samba and everything and mm -hmm. how you're involved with them now with the uh, ladies in y'all's first season here in the UPSL. Um, you know, you kind of saw it firsthand from a coach's perspective. Uh, you know what goals, you know, you and your team had set and everything for yourselves heading into this season. Tell us a little bit. I know John kind of touched on it briefly, but tell us a little bit about this first season uh, playing with Samba there in the UPSL and just some of the things that you guys accomplished and everything there in your first year. Yeah, well, I'll tell you as a coach. Um, we originally, I brought this to John and, you know, John said, hey, yeah, you know, let's do a girls team. And we were originally going into the WPSL. And, and you know, but because we had the man in the UPSL, you know, John got a call from the UPSL and says, hey, why don't we just, instead of you going to the WPSL, let's just do a league. And, you know, I'm not going to go over that because you already 
talked about it with John last week. Sure. So we played the league, and you know, gladly we we played because I mean, at a point we it was only three teams, and thanks to John's push on some of the owners, we actually got four, and you know, we got to the final. Uh, we played a very good team, sporty, and you know they deserved to win. They won, but you know, after the after effect of all these leagues, women leagues, there they are, right? You know, I, I wish people understood. There's only one professional women's league. Okay, there's there's no four or five or three or two like a lot of people think, and the only the only professional league is the. Um, correct me, Danielle. Is what is it? Um, NWSL. NWSL. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they only have nine teams. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a league that has been you know for a while, in in uh you know it's it's very limited. You know, there's not a lot of uh you know you got to travel. There's teams all the way from the east coast to the west coast, mm -hmm. and and it's not that easy to to have a team there. I mean, you can go to their they got a website and it it gives history and it gives you the whole thing. So. You know, I've, I've been I've been hearing that they might bring a team here to San Antonio and 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 all these. You know, it's all secondhand information, right? We don't we don't really know, but it, that that league is very hard. I mean, it's a it's like the equivalent to the MLS for women, mm -hmm. and a lot of our national players and a lot of foreigners. I mean, I just found out that I think Marta plays mm -hmm. for Orlando. Mm -hmm. So that tells you the caliber of players that are in. And if you look nine teams, you would ask why isn't there 18 or 17 or 15? Because you gotta have a infrastructure for that league. It's not just like a UPSL team or a WPSL team or a United Women Soccer Team. There's there's no comparison. So, so I wanted to ask you a question. Yes. How do you feel about the women's professional league here compared to League IMX women? Mm -hmm. You know, that's a good question. And, and let me tell you, when that league came about, everybody was hesitating, you know, not only Mexicans, but, but let me tell you, that league took off. And they really have a very good league. And a lot of their players have been started to go overseas, you know, to go play in Europe, to come here to the United States. So I'm telling you that that league, they did it right. And, you know, why I think it's a it's a they did it right is because every professional team has a women's team. Now, if I have to give advice to the United States, they should do the same thing. Right now, the only one that has a close connection of all those nine teams is the Dash with the Houston. Seattle. That's it. All the other teams, they're like on their own. Utah hmm? is connected to the Utah Royals. Utah, is connected okay, to the so Utah Seattle is another well. one. Seattle as well. If they, they should have, the United States should have done what the Mexican did. All the MLS teams should have a women's team. And I'm going to tell you this. If they do that, that's going to be fabulous. Because they already have the infrastructure. They have all the installations. They have everything. So, uh, would, would it be possible to think uh, Liga Mackey's uh, women's league ever consider San Antonio having, having a team here? How would you feel about that? Well, I think it would be it would be great, but it would have to be very carefully planned and not be like just come here for one year and then disappear. That that hurts the the fan club, you know. If you're going to have a team of that caliber at that at that level, it has to be very well done, you know, and 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 do it right. 
So let me ask I think you this. Great. Um, obviously, Coach Rexroke kind of mentioned in, you know, on the show that next year for the women's, the Samba Sambitas, um, going to be playing in the WPSL. Um, we we are trying. We will try to go. You know, let me explain something about WPSL. I had the privilege of meeting and knowing Jerry Sinelli. Jerry Sinelli, rest in peace, he was the founder of the Storm, which was one of the original clubs that formed in 1997 the WPSL. And, you know, I met him in, and I remember I was with the Athenians. I was the head coach for the Athenians. And that league has a conference in Vegas every year. All the owners and all the coaches go to that meeting to, you know, interact, talk about the league, do the schedules and everything. But I, I had the privilege to meet him in person and talk to him. And, 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 you know, the guy always told me, I asked him, so how come you haven't gone to the men or you haven't gone to the boys? like, you know, other leagues, like the UPSL, like other leagues. He says, he says listen, I, I want to focus on my passion, which is the women. And if you realize that league has been on since 97 all the way to right now, and they have 119 teams. Well, and that was going to kind of be my, my follow-up question with that. You talk about the uh, international superstars and stuff like that, that that play in the NWSL, but even the WPSL had some um, players that came – from the WPSL for the women's national team. Is that correct, No, yes. Yes, that's correct. For example, when I was with the Athenians, you know, we went to play Dallas, FC Dallas women, and they had a lot of players from the Caribbean, national players. So a lot of the teams have professionals, and, you know, a lot of the teams don't. It, it is not a professional league. It's a premier league. It's called women's premier. And, you know... It, a lot of, uh, I think the majority of the girls are college girls. That's why the league starts after one May, because NCAA rules state that, you know, Division One players cannot play at, until after the 1st of May. So a lot of the teams, that's the basis, you know. And they do give those college-age girls, you know, a place to play and everything, but... Um, you know, I'm kind of curious because, uh, Danielle, I know you've had an opportunity this last season to, to get a chance to kind of check out um, a lot of the different teams along with Harry. You guys have kind of ran into each other out there. And uh, one of the common things that, you know, we've kind of <clears throat> always seems to come back up is whether or not San Antonio can support the number of women's teams that we have here. And I'm just kind of curious with the number of different teams that you've seen um, do you feel like each kind of brings their own unique value, or do you think, you know, that there's room for each of them here within San Antonio? So honestly, we're the 10th biggest city. If we're even questioning that, then we don't deserve to have a professional team. We are one of the 10 biggest cities. We should be able to support several teams. Um, we're bigger than Austin. We're bigger than Dallas, and it may not include Fort Worth numbers, but we've just passed them. And the city's growth is expected to climb. Um, they were anticipating a few years ago upwards of another million people. Um, so we're just behind Houston. Um, and Houston can support multiple teams and multiple leagues. Um, and a lot of it is opportunities for women to play um, at that next level, women to continue to develop their soccer careers in college and prepare for professional and so Honestly, it's a track. We have high-level women's soccer players here. They need a place to play. Um, honestly, we need to stop sending them to Houston, uh, Austin to Lone Star, um, who has the one of the better women's teams in the area. 
Um, but we need them to stay in San Antonio so we can continue to develop. So um, I, I think we're big enough and um, everyone has a different market, different parts of the city. So it, it's not a problem. And I still see good crowds when I've gone out there. The Athenians have a good crowd on the east side. Alamo City has a good crowd. Um, the other teams that play kind of in the central and they and they pull a lot, pull from their youth academies they're in where they're at. So absolutely. It shouldn't even be a comment. If we're not talking about why they – we have five men's teams and they're, why can't we support them? That should have been the first conversation since no one had that conversation with the men's teams. It's a moot point at this point. We have just as many men's teams as we do women's. So there you go. If you didn't ask that question about men's teams, we're not, we shouldn't ask it about women's either. But I think we do ask that about the men's team as well here is, just to be honest with you, the attendance at the women's games far at, far exceeds the the attendance at the men's games. It's not. Yes, even it does. Yes, it does. It's yep. not even close. Well, and yep. I'm kind of interested, Augie, because I know you have a, a little bit of a different theory, just in terms of the level of talent and the number of you know whether or not San Antonio the talent in the women's versus the men's. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen from a coach's perspective in coaching the women's to the the level of talent, like Danielle says, when it comes to women's soccer here in San Antonio. You know, um, she mentioned men's teams, right? So in women, San Antonio can support five, six, even seven teams. Like she said, the women talent is enormous. And high school players, the women high school players now, they're way beyond their, 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 the, the way they were like 10 years ago. I mean, they're all fit. They're all technical and tactical. Now, well, me and you talked about a long time ago was the, with the men. So five teams of men, five teams of women. Every game of the women, we had crowds. With mm-hmm. the men, you don't get crowds. I mean, he, you know, Harry hit it on, on it. But let me tell you why. Because the men, a lot of men don't, don't like to travel. That's, I don't know why. You know, we had it. We had it. We some, but we played in two conferences: the Hart Conference and we played in the Houston Conference. We never went to Houston with the same team. Never. We always had to take different people, and not we're not the only ones. It, all the runners and Bernie and uh, what else? Um, who am I missing? Um, For the men's. The men's. Yeah, I think Mac FC at, at one point they never went to other places. Now, with the women, we went to Colleen. All the women went. Mm-hmm. I don't think Alamo had any problems. I don't think the Blossoms had any problems. I don't think uh, Lone Stars had any problems. So, I don't know, maybe it's a level of commitment because there is a little commitment, you know. That's I mean, an interesting point. You know, you really haven't heard as much about kind of the forfeits and stuff like that in the uh, in the women's game. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, I, in the men, just us, Samba. Four teams forfeited against us, not coming here to San Antonio. So, you know, it's um I think it's just a level of commitment. You know, I know there's there's gonna be maybe four, three or four teams for the men next year. For the women, you know, like I said, we are trying to go to the WPSL, you know, it's still a long process. And uh, in my opinion, you know, I don't think the UPSL I mean, they're a men's league. In my opinion, the UPSL should focus on men. That you know, they have like I don't know how many teams, right, Danielle? Like two hundred and something teams. Three hundred plus teams. Yeah. Right now. I, I think the, wow. the the UPSL is what the WPSL is. Mm-hmm. One is men, one is women. 
Now, you know, the WPSL has never tried to do anything else. The UPSL tried, you know, they're doing like youth academy now and, and they want to do the women. You know, we have a say in Spanish that says, zapatero to zapatos. And, and, and what that means is that, you know, subject matter expert, whatever you're an expert on, dedicate yourself to that. Don't try to do two or three or four things at the same time because it, it, sometimes it doesn't work. So going back to Danielle, I, I think the women, San Antonio can support five, six, maybe seven teams. You know, they're all different levels. You know, whatever league you want to play in is a different level because there's a, there's the UPSL and the WPSL and the United Women's Soccer League. They're all different levels. I, I think the point that me and Scott have kind of hinted at is when you look at the dash, as, as, or not the dash, but the uh, Houston Aces, Aces. Yes. Um, they have a very talented roster, and, and a lot of them, from my understanding, are dash affiliated players along those lines here where the reason why we've asked that question is more if you had the best players from each of the teams and put them on let's say the Athenians or whichever team that you know would be on there then you could have that team that I think could could contend or compete with the best teams not only here in San Antonio but statewide and even nationally I think that's more the question that me and Scott have kind of asked is you know, it's it's not that we can't support the teams because obviously we can support the teams, but is the mm-hmm. talent enough, depending on the different leagues and, and the different levels, to where we're maybe spreading the talent out, which is which is good, but it hurts us when it comes to season, you know, season stats and and you know, you know, going against, for instance, the Houston Aces as an example. Well, let me let me tell you about the Houston Aces because I I know their story very good. So the Houston Aces were part of the WPSL, and then. Like in, 19, in 2015, they separated and they went to the United Women's League, which was also a fallout of the Y League. You remember the Y League, uh, Danielle? The Y League disappeared. Yeah, there was like yeah. a couple. Yeah. Yes. So it disappeared. Well, the Aces were one of the teams that went to that United Women's League and they were playing on another division. There was no Texas division. And, you know, they, they actually won the national championship of that league two years ago. Mm-hmm. But then... They convinced them to come to the to the Texas division where you had Austin Elite, which was a team from the WPSL. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Athenians came in there, and then you had a team from El Paso. Yes, sir. Well, if you look at their stats, the Aces, there's no competition for them. All the games were like five goals and above, 8-0, 9-0. I mean, 5-3, 5-2. But then let me tell you what happened. They went. They got eliminated in the first round. Mm-hmm. Doing it to so LA. I, heard, I heard a rumor and it's just a rumor you know you know how rumors are that I think the aces are, are going back to the other conference because the aces have the privilege of having dash players I mean how 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 nice is that if you have five or six players that are from the dash I mean their level I, I watched one of their games against the Deanians. yeah I mean it's just there's no comparison I mean if you looked at that game, it's like some of the some of the dash players were just running circles around the Athenians players. I mean, they play all year long. They train with the best coaches. They you know they're in the in the dash. So, yes, if we're gonna have a team of that caliber here in San Antonio, then you know you have to start looking outside too. You, you need to bring players that are seasoned. 
I'll be, I'll also be honest with you. I know a lot of women in San Antonio who can play at that level, but I think women are also a little bit more discerning about who they play for. So that's correct. we have what two teams who are affiliated with youth clubs. And so maybe they played for com- competing clubs growing up. So it's kind of, you still have that mentality of Blossom. Yes. United. I'm not going to play for elite and you may not, they may not have tryouts and then same with Alamo city, Alamo city. Um, you know, so you may not want to play for some of these clubs, but I also know some people who are picky about, Hey, they played in college. They played yes. D one D two. They have high expectations about what play. training should be like, what coaches should be like, mm-hmm. um, the, the expectations. And they also don't want to, I'm going to be honest. I've heard, you know, they want to make sure, Hey, is this team going to be around? You know, they want to make sure that it's secure and stable and they want to play because there's some fantastic women's players um, who aren't playing. Um, Oh, a lot of them. Yes. And it also depends on style. Sometimes, too, I've seen people who've tried out and who were some of the better people at the tryout. But because stylistically they were a little different, didn't get selected. But I'm like, they're one of the best players out there. Um, So you have such a deep talent pool in San Antonio um, that I think you also have the talent here, but again, you also don't have people on loan from the dash, which <laughs> is a completely different level. Like that's, that's the way everyone in SAFC gives RGV a hard time about sure. dynamo players on loan. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's, just, it, it's not, <laughs> it's apples and oranges. At that um, point, you might as well be looking at an NWSL roster, at least half of one, right? Well, now you mentioned NWSL. NWSL teams have, they pay the players. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a difference when you go, come back to San Antonio. Danielle mentioned it. Blossoms, Classics Elite. Alamo, Alamo City. The club supported. So the, the, the girl doesn't have to pay a single cent. All she has to do is show up to practice and play. But there's teams like us that we don't have that support. And there's a lot of them. We're not the only one. You've got to charge something because you got to pay the league. You got to pay the stadium where you play. You got to pay the practice field. So that, you know, that is that some, some, like Danielle said, some division one players, they say, okay, well, what should I do? Should I play or should I go to Bahamas or should I go to a, you know, because it's the summer. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you got to remember. Some of these girls that, that Michelle is talking about, I think the only way they would play is if they're going to get paid a little bit and they're going to play in a professional league. Environment. In, in, exactly. Like she said, if I can get seven players from the dash and I'm, I'm not one of them, but I'm going there, I know, oh my God, I'm going to play with, I don't know, just for, for sake. Here comes Tobin Heat to be a, a reinforcement. Oh, I want to play with her. And they use the same practice facilities too. So the Dash Dynamo practice facilities, um, the Aces play their games at that sports complex. complex. It's it's the equivalent of our star. Um, So they have the professional facilities with a trainer and things like that, which make a difference. But I want to kind of segue. We've been talking about NWSL and bringing NWSL in and paying players and and just some of the realistic expectations of what it would take. Because I looked into it and I know I've written about bringing NWSL to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And I think the city would blow up. Toyota Field's a perfect place to Mm -hmm. have it. But 
In terms of what they pay players, the salary cap for an NWSL team is... 20, 40, 45 million, right? It's over 400,000. So you're talking yes. about a million just in salary in per salary, year. salary, yes. Yes, you it is. You have to pay your referees overnight. You have 12 away games, and that's if the conference stays the exact same. So you're talking minimally probably one to two million a year. <laughs> Look at all of the comments Amanda Duffy has made, who was the interim NWSL president, who's now the NWSL president. She's talking about slow growth. They already have their teams for 2020 selected, but I don't think they're quite talking about it, but they want to have yet. a foundation. Mm. Um, and they've kind of hinted at some people who've been talking to them for several years. Okay. Um, but they want to make sure that they're not bringing another Boston Breakers or an FC. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Exactly. So they're looking at people who have longevity. They yes. want people with a 10-year plan and investors deep enough that are going to invest, you know, $5 million a year for the next 10 years. But not only that is if you've also followed the NWSL, Sky Blue SC last year had a huge controversy over subpar standards in terms of the way they treated players. So even though they played at Rutgers, they didn't have a place to shower. They didn't have bathrooms. They had porta potties. They brought an RV. Minimum standards. Yes. But that's still going on this year a little. They've, they've improved, but it's still going on a little bit this year. We're still hitting like, yeah, we're doing it, but it's the minimum. And if you look at like all the pictures from the players, it's, it's very skeptical. So now if they're going to bring a team in, they're going to expect them to have true facilities. Like when they brought the Utah Royals in, the Royals have their own locker room yeah. from, from Salt Lake. Yeah. So, I mean, they have robes and slippers and a full, at this point, it'd basically be the equivalent of bringing in a USL team. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the capital and the support to bring in a USL team, then don't even waste your time and your money. It'd be better to invest in the team that you have and develop them and develop the players and continue to make those connections. But it, it's an astronomical fee. And when you're competing with the likes of LAFC, FC Barcelona, yes, Messi's Barcelona has already talked to the NWSL and they want to bring in a team. If Sky Blue ever releases, they have like um, – a radius that includes New York City. So Sky Blue has blocked all teams from coming to New York City. And if they ever release that, I can guarantee an NYCFC with a Manchester City who has a strong women's program in the EPL will bring a women's team to New York City. Um, and so, and that's an easy um, competition with Sky Blue and DC. So there's lots of good things going on and they want to make sure um, that it stays good and that it's not just... Um, you know, flash in the pan here today, gone tomorrow. So they're, they want the 10 years. Um, they were even hesitant with Atlanta. Their Atlanta has been talking about having a women's team and they're like, we're not making any decisions. We're not just yet. So if they're iffy on Atlanta United bringing in a women's team, it, it kind of shows you the high criteria that they have. So, um, and you can find that on their website and Googling it. But locally, point, so. I guess here's my question. Um, with Austin FC coming in, I know pre-court has openly discussed bringing in, bringing in a team. Could you, and obviously with the MLS connection, you would have, you would have to figure he's got the capital and, and with the new stadium coming in, 
Um, yeah, as much as we dislike Austin, you know, I think it would, it would be a successful team. Could you see them going Austin and San Antonio? Uh, if, if let's say SSNE changed, let's say, Hey, we're not going to be able to do MLS for, you know, millions of reasons to where they flipped it to where we got Toyota stadium. It's, it's a great stadium. I'm sure they'd probably have to do some upgrades with stadium with the uh, locker rooms and stuff like that. But you, could you see a, a situation where you have both Austin and San Antonio? Well, I, I can tell you something. If somebody is going to bring women to San Antonio, it's going to be the Spurs. Right. Okay. I, I mean, I might be wrong, but they already have the infrastructure. The Spurs have everything. Toyota Field. I mean, let's be honest. If they're going to bring an, that league in coming here, where are they going to play? There's only very few avenues where they can play right now. Toyota being one of them, Alamo Stadium being the other. Alamo Stadium, not the Alamo Dome. Right. Alamo Stadium being another one. They're not going to accept, like Daniel just explained it very clear and to the point. They don't want another Boston Breakers. They don't want another Kansas City. They don't want those teams that come in one, two years, and then they disappear. That's bad for the league. And that's the problem with WPSL, with uh, uh, United Women's League. There's teams that go in there, two, three years, boom, they're out. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a team that go in there one year and they're out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that league wants to do mirror the MLS. Do you think that Spurs Entertainment is willing to invest because uh, if you saw with the with the San Antonio Stars being shipped out to Las Vegas, you know, well, that, you know, I said, in my opinion, they're the only one of the few that can do it because, they, like I said, they have the infrastructure already in place. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying other investors cannot come and say, OK, we're going to do it. You know, they might build a stadium or they might take over the Alamo stadium. But I mean, that's an ISD stadium, so I don't think that would happen. So I think that they should. I think that the NWSL is ripe and it's another one of those. If we don't get on board now, we're going to miss it. Um, The other beautiful thing, Harry, is um, NWSL is not affiliated with MLS. And so um, Austin FC, I don't think they're going to want after the brouhaha. I don't think it's going to be as easy to get in as Austin FC thinks. And I think Personally, I think it may have just been um, him saying it to get people on his side. I'm going to throw all of you a wrench and because I'm going to throw something in that none of us have even thought of. Um, There's another um, opportunity where an NWSL team could come in. Um, Juventus, has anyone considered they just built, what, a $3 million Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. complex. They already have a youth system in place and they already have a professional women's team in Italy going. So they know how to do it. And the Italian women's players, all of the players, we're not just the MLS. We're better than the MLS. Let's just face it. In terms of women's soccer, the NWSL is the La Liga or even the EPL of international soccer. We're where everyone wants to come to play. So I could easily see Juventus bringing a women's team here um, and having success. You need to have um, a big team, big league names behind it. I absolutely think the Spurs could do it. The question is, do they want to? 
Um, Obviously they have the money and the capital if they were looking at going into MLS. And if you look around the league, um, the sky blue sold out 5,000 seat stadium. They're going into Red Bull arena for their next year. So they're going to probably start to put minimum requirements of like 10,000 seat stadiums as part of it. This is the perfect time to get on board, build up the fan base. And I think it's easier too, because you have nationally recognized names that people can get behind. They see it on the national team games where it's hard when you're coming as a fan to an SAFC match and you've got different players playing every game or every year. I mean, gosh, I miss Greg Cochran and Cyprian Hedrick who we knew each other by face. Now it's okay. Now I've got to learn who the players are. And I'm going to be honest, I'm halfway through the season and I recognize a few of the players by like face and name. And so I think that's different with a national women's team. You have the consistency where people can buy the jerseys plus the Canadian national team and the U S national team. And I believe there's one other national team where they pay the salary of their players. Um, and I don't think it goes towards your salary cap, but you're getting national team players. Um, I have a question for Rafa picking back, piggybacking that. Um, could you see, cause you mentioned Liga, uh, the, the female Liga in Mexico. Could you see, let's say club America or one of the top clubs there coming up here and because to me it's putting your flag in in san antonio could you see that as a possibility as well i I could see that because i did i was part of club america's academy here for the boys but there's such a big uh type of resources of women talent here that they're willing to start maybe start a team over here and then sending some of those down there to mexico well, you would have to um, get federation but, approval for something like that, yes. right, to be able to yes. come overseas. But, but you got to remember, Scott, remember they had Chivas USA. Okay. You know, they could be Club America USA women's, you know, and have that affiliation. And then that could be their farm system for a lot of the Liga M, the early MX teams in Mexico or send them out to Europe, which I know one the French League is one of the big biggest leagues for the, for the women's where a lot of the star players for the World Cup are playing at. So – it, I can I can see that, but it's up to I guess see if the Spurs are willing to partner up, like I said, with Juventus or with Club America, Santos, or any of the women's professional teams. If they're willing to risk, you know, even offset the costs, I think that could happen. That you know, it's literally we can see a team here, but that's if they're willing to do that. And then also establish a women's academy. You know, start. You know your grassroots start them start start them young. You know build, build them up all that. It's just, it's just going to put us on the map. You know who's to say we end up having some players, women players on the World Cup. You know whether that's it's true. USA, Mexico. You know that's that's what the Spurs should kind of look into, and as far as the city to put us on the map when it comes to women's soccer. We already you know? have two, Rafa. We already have two uh, players on the youth nat- one playing on the youth national team, one coming back from injury who's looking at being in the um, one of the next Youth World Cups. Very so we've nice. got two women, and then we've got a ton of women in D1 um, and on the outskirts as well. I think that's interesting about Webe. You know, I, I think people still, I guess, just because it's so new, yeah, and I, I think it was like a $6 million facility that they oh. have. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <million>. What's $3 <laughs> million? Yeah. What's another and, $3 and you million? Know, you know, Scott, going back to, to youth soccer, right? Right now on the women's side, it's, it's good for, for, the, for the high school girls to have all these teams where they can play. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like I said, I'm, I'm all for it. 
the blossoms, the Alamo, Lone Stars. If you ask me, I think SA, was it, what is it, the Lone Stars now, San Antonio? SA City. SA City. I think they should have a WPSL team. Mm-hmm. I think um, the who else is out there? The, the Lions mm-hmm. should have. I mean, it's not this, it's the, the WPSL is not going to break you. In the contrary, all those girls that don't do anything during the summer, it's going to keep them fit, focused. And then it's going to attract, I'm telling you, Blossoms, like Danielle mentioned, they don't have to have tryouts. They got so many girls that are in their academy. Alamo did, as a matter of fact, Alamo had two teams. They had a WPSL and they had a UPSL. Now, yes, the, the level is different, but it doesn't matter. It's developing these girls. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you the girls that play UPSL next season, they're going to be better. Or, or as a matter of fact, going back to their clubs now, they're going to be much better. So in my opinion, all these, Albion did it. If you go to Houston, Albion has a, a WPSL team now. Well, I, you're coaching uh, high school. You know, you know where the elite teams are as far as the women's soccer, you know, yes. the Reagans and so forth. Oh, yes. You think you think this will benefit maybe developing players like from the girls side, from the south side, like teams like from Harlandale? Yeah. Side? I think That's that would give them an opportunity because there is a big gap as far as talent-wise talent and, and technique-wise, you know, especially when you see games in the playoffs, you know, there are sort of lopsided games. But I think they would give a lot of – especially that area – an opportunity to get that development and then also, you know, to be to compete to play in college. Yes. And, and, and let me tell you, for example, I got approached by a guy that has like a, a women's team on, on the league and said, and he told me, Hey, how is it, how difficult is it to get, I want to put in a team for next year. I got all these girls from the South side. And I said, well, you know, you just got a call. I gave him the number and I says, call, and you know, call the WPSL, you know, it's a little bit more money, but it's not that, I mean, like I said, if you get your ducks in order, you, you know, and then, like you said, it will develop the girls in, in high school. We had a couple of girls in, in, in my team playing. They were high school girls. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a freshman and I had two sophomores. And I'll bet you now that when they go back to their high school, they're going to go, whoa. I mean, it did help me to play against other girls that were Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, you know, girls. So, you know, Sporty had a lot of high school girls too, you know. I think so, a great example is the Blossoms. Um, I know Scott, me, you, Harry, were all out at their games last season. I don't know if any of you guys went this season, but it's it was I still did. a lot of the same players. But you look at it and you're like, this is a completely different team. Yeah, um, it was. It was a very different team. And because they got that experience, they knew what to expect and how difficult the league was, the physicality. Mm-hmm. A lot of them went then back to their college, ready to play, stepped it up, and then came back with that high expectation. Um, And just a little tidbit, I know, I don't know if this is like for personal news, but um, I heard Naomi Powell went over to England and had a tryout overseas. um, And they're like, yes, whenever you're ready, Nottingham Forest. Awesome. Mm -hmm. One of those. So... They're doing different things. And then if we look at Marlena Kampa, who went to Iceland. Iceland. So it's giving them that path, that development, and that continued continued development, continuing to see what the level is. So they're coming back to their youth teams, their high school teams, are going back to college and able to bring it to the next level. So absolutely, it's, it's great for development of the women's game and a women's player. 
um, and just to be coached by some talented, we have so many talented coaches as well in the women's, um, all the women's teams. I know when I spoke with Alamo city and because they had, to me, they had a great setup because they had the WPSL team Mm -hmm. and then they had the, the uh, UPSL team. Um, and where, where they saw the benefits of it. And, and I spoke with a, a parents of a 13 year old that was on there. And I was like, well, Hey, any, any chance she gets promoted up? And they're like, no, but the difference between the high school and the UPSL team was, was, was a big difference to where she could get used to the different speed, get used to the physicality to where when she goes back to high school, it's not, you know, she's, she's going to even be on a different tier um, comparatively, but I liked it to where, you, you still got, you know, you have your, your top girls that you have here, but you know, the girls that are, let, let's say on the, the second 11 or, you know, below the, you know, below that, they're still getting that, that, that time in that, that physicality, that, that, that tactical portion and you're, and you're building that system. And that's why I, I know we mentioned, Hey, you know, maybe UPSL should, uh, you know, stick to the man. And, and I know they got a lot of work and, and, you know, that, that they need to do. But I, I actually enjoyed the women's side because I think it gave, you know, the high schoolers the opportunity where maybe in, in, in WPSL you may not get that because that's a little bit, to me, that's a little bit higher level um, with a little bit more physicality that, you know, maybe some of the fringe high schoolers may not be able to get that opportunity. You know, go ahead, go ahead, Diane. I was going to say, it's also great because we don't expect everyone to go to the national team, mm-hmm. but for some of these players, especially as we're talking about maybe some fringe players or as we're talking about Southside, maybe it's their opportunity to get a scholarship for a D2 school or, you know, to play somewhere. So maybe, maybe it just gives them that little bit of an advantage of maybe they're not going to play for the national team, but now they can maybe have the opportunity to maybe play international in, in Iceland or other countries and make some money or, get a scholarship or even a partial yeah, scholarship sure. to help um, fund them to go to school and better career opportunities. And correct me if, if I'm it, wrong, but some, some of these girls just want a place to play competitive soccer on Sundays. It's not a co-ed league or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. guys like me that are 33 and don't belong out there. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it provides all those different levels, you know, for these girls. And, and I think that's what, that's a great point, Danielle, that you bring up is, is, you know, for each of them, it's, it's dependent upon what it is that the girl's trying to achieve with what she's wanting to do as, as far as still playing. But I know we wanted to get into a little bit of San Antonio FC talk too, so I'm going to have to be the bearer of bad news here. Can I just say something real quick? To Absolutely, finish? Coach Augie. I was going to give I'm, you a second. I'm piggybacking on Rafa. Uh-huh. He was talking about the south side, right? About the players that, you know. But let, let me tell you something. The 10 years that I've been here, there is a place for every girl that wants to play college. Do not listen to all these coaches that say, oh, if you don't play for a high-level team or if you don't play for a high school that goes to the playoffs, you're never going to make it to college. Let me tell you this. That is wrong. I can say it with certainty. In my team that I had with Samba, 13 players I coached when they were 10 years old. They did not all go to Division One schools. Listen, there's a place in Division One, two, three, NIA, even Cisco. My, the girl that scored all my goals, AJ, she played for a community college. So... You know what's more important than trying to get a scholarship, an athletic scholarship? Get good grades. Mm-hmm. Okay? My son, my son went to St. Mary's with everything paid because he had a three, uh, sorry, a 4.0 GPA, and he got scholarships, academic scholarships. He did not get a single cent 
of athletic. And so get good grades, work hard in school. And then another thing, if you're playing on any high school team, try to be the best player. Coaches, when coaches go look for players, they don't go to the best teams. They go to watch games, mm -hmm. to watch you play. They're not going to ask you, how oh, do you play for a premier team? Do you play for an ECNL team? No, no. They're going to go watch a game, and they don't care who they're watching. Oh, you know what? I like that girl. She's aggressive. She's technical. I want her. That's it. So that's my advice to all, all the girls is get good grades. And that, to boys, is the same thing. So... Coach, uh, you know, Danielle was talking about our great female coaches that we have here in San Antonio. Obviously, it was it was great having one of them on here with the uh, with tonight for the show. So uh, we're going to be right back to kind of break down some San Antonio FC stuff. We're going to let um, Coach Augie say goodnight. Again, yep. Coach Augie, thank you for joining us so much. Good luck in the uh, upcoming season. No, thank you very much for everybody, and I hope you can follow Samba FC, you know. Have a boys team. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Danielle. We'll Thank be, you, Rafa. Yeah, Harry. Good talking Scott. with you. We'll be following. Yeah, we'll see you in the field. We'll see you refing. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. No, nah, that's cool. Uh, I got plenty of time. All right. Well, the they didn't live up to their money it's worth. <laughs> I will say this. I was sitting next to the Central Texas uh, the Lobos uh, owner. Um, I thought he was the coach, but he was actually the owner, David. Um, he was like, yeah, San Antonio is not getting any calls. It's good. So. If he's watching, thank you for the scars. Uh, tell yes. That. <laughs> we'll definitely touch base on that. Well, we are uh, we are live and we are back. So as you heard uh, some inside info there uh, with the uh, game for San Antonio FC that we wanted to get into tonight. Um, again, Coach Augie, thank you for coming on and, and talking women's soccer with us. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we were unable to continue the win streak there at home versus... A very, very, I don't know. I, I didn't think that they were that strong. Rafa, what did you think of the match? I'll start with you, man, since you've kind of been our, our quiet one tonight uh, for San Antonio FC. Well, I can say the Sacramento Republic is a very dirty team as far as physical. And I think everything, the whole game changed when Frank got elbowed in the box, which should have been a PK and a straight red. And the ref, you know, thought he was playing around, thinking he was just rolling around. I think that got her focus off the game and everything just went downhill after that. You know, we defensive falling asleep, blaming some goals it, you know, those that first goal in. I thought the second goal should have not counted because I saw the replay and uh, Cardoni was she there was a Sacramento player right in front of him. That should have been an offsides. Um but you know, you gotta give it to the to the guys, you know, they didn't they didn't quit, they kept on fighting, they you know, we almost pulled off of comeback, maybe we should have made some changes a lot sooner than maybe waiting till like 
maybe 20 or 10 minutes left. And I think we could have, you know, probably ended up with a tie, at least come out with a point. So, you know, maybe, maybe the, hopefully the guys will learn from this, you know, going into the next game. I know we're not the favorites for the next game, but if we can pull out a miracle and win, get the three points against Reno, you know, you know, it'll get us back on track, you know, you know for the playoff chase. Yeah, and, you know, you, you talk about the subs and everything um, and the elbow, and, and we're not going to give you too hard of a time here, Danielle. We already agreed upon that before we came back from uh, our break. But um, obviously the elbow was kind of just one of those moments during play, you know, that kind of changes the course of the game a little bit. But kind of getting back to that marking, you know, we talked about if that might be a problem inside the box for San Antonio FC. And uh, I feel like they kind of picked us apart when it came to, um, you know, our marking there within our our own defensive end. And I just don't know, you know, how we're going to correct that or or get better at that. Uh, You know, my big thing that I saw kind of early on is is Billy. And I know we've talked about this season, him kind of being hot or cold. And I I guess it kind of, for me, goes back to Coach Paligan with some of the frustrations um, do you feel like the, he should have been subbed maybe a little bit earlier? Do you feel like early on you could tell that maybe it wasn't going to be a good night there for Billy Forbes? I'll start with you, Harry. Billy is interesting. Because um, I guess the question is, is you know, you, you put in Restrepo, you know, you bring you bring him in, you know, 10 minutes earlier, you know, let's say in the, instead of the 82nd minute, you know, the, the 72nd minute. I guess my question is, is where's Jamison? Um, would the team be better off with Jamison, uh, Lopez, and Gomez um, up, up there? You know, because I think Jamison's, you know, I don't know if he's as fast, but I think he's got that. He's, he's MLS quality, uh, obviously, you know, coming from there. Um, I just don't know if you, if you start Billy, you know, he's been such an iron horse that, you know, typically, typically you ride him through, but there's been times where we, you know, where we've seen him that he's just, you know, he just looks worn out on the pitch, but he doesn't get subbed off. And, and, and this time he did. And, um, you know, it just, I, I just, I guess to me, the question kind of comes into at this point, is the team better off with Jamison over Forbes? Because uh, I don't, I don't think uh, uh, Restrepo is, you know, he's is a starter. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah, he's better off from the bench. No, and I, I agree with you. I think what Jamison has maybe, and and you kind of touched on it. It's, it's not necessarily maybe speed, but he's got that through ball where it just seems like his timing on that through ball. You know that he he's got that down pretty good. Whether it's Lopez running onto that thing, or you know whoever, whether it's Billy that he's he's feeding or whatever. But um, I do agree. I think Jamison kind of gives you that that attacking that through ball, and I felt like most of the attack was really going through Pirano and Lopez and the opposite side of the field kind of from Billy was really where we were getting the majority of our successful chances. Um, Danielle, what have you kind of thought just overall with Billy's play this season a little bit? So I'm going to be honest with you and you're probably going to get tons of hate mail and I'm going to get hate mail. I'm honestly just not a Billy fan. Number one, um, especially the last 20 minutes where we see the difference in play, Mm -hmm. he walks back and half the time he doesn't get caught. He doesn't, 
catch up to onsides. So then when we do have a breakaway, he's standing in an offsides position, then spends a couple minutes complaining to the ref about a very legitimate call that he was offsides. I mean, in the Austin Bold game, I'm watching and I'm like, nope, refs, refs got spot on call every time. And how many times was he offsides? So he's costing us those opportunities. But then on the flip side, I'm just going to be honest, Billy walks back to defense. Mm-hmm. So especially if it's a tight game and we could have had, if it was like a 2-2 game, he doesn't get back on defense for the last 20 minutes. He walks around on the side. Um, and then you can tell he's tired because he gets the ball stripped from him. So my personal opinion, but he, he has those moments and he has those sparks and he was doing some great stuff with Frank when they first made that pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I agree with Harry. I think he should be subbed off earlier because he's really a detriment in the last 20 minutes. He just, he looks tired. He's walking back on defense. He's not coming back to defend. So then everyone else has to adjust. Um, and then he's getting caught off sides all the time. So to me, it's either a laziness and a mentality issue or a lack of um, training. So, um, cause there's no excuse. You learn that in what U12, how to not be off sides. <laughs> or how to get back and, and hustle. And, and, and you saw yeah. in Lopez, I think early on actually against Sacramento where he tracked back like all the way to mm-hmm. our own 18 mm-hmm. to win a ball. And, and that's what you like to see, yep. you know, as a Gomez too. And, and that's why, to me, I wonder if, at, you know, if you need a goal late, bringing Forbes on with his speed and something, I think would be, you know, where you're trying to push push forward. I think that's where he would excel at, you know, because then he's fresh, he's hungry. And, and you know, if you give up a second goal, you're already behind or, or you know, you know, along the, along those lines there. But mm-hmm. to me, I, I'm, I would almost like to see Jamison start. And then, you know, if you need to bring Forbes on, bring him in, you know, the seven, you know, give him 20 minutes or so. You know, whereas his speed is is an asset, and you know he does have the creativity, you know, to, to be able to you know do a little one on one with, with Pirano, but it, it just it's just one of those things where if he's on, he's, he can be one of the best players. But the problem is when he's off, he he doesn't give a lot to the team when when he's not on, and, and that's the issue. And, and I feel like that's where, you know, in this match, I know he kind of has his usual 70th minute where he kind of stops getting back altogether. Um, but even like as early as the first half, you know, you could tell. And he, he did kind of take a tough tackle a little bit early on that he was a little slow to get up. Now it's Billy. So you never know if it was just one of his moments, as you alluded to earlier there, Danielle, or if, you know, maybe something got tweaked a little bit there. But if that is the case, you know, I, I feel like maybe Powell should have stepped in and said something or noticed he was off a little bit and kind of made that substitution. I mean, even as early as, as halftime, you know, and you saw that kind of coming out of the locker room after the first half. There weren't any adjustments really made um, coming out there to start the second half. Rafa, were you surprised at all? I know you kind of came and sat over there with me to, to start yeah. off. Yeah, I was surprised about that. And like when Daniel kind of touched on him, like kind of walking back, you're playing a three-man defense, you know, your wings have to come back and, and get that space. Um, and he, since the first half, has not – he's kind of been leaving our, our outside defender kind of high and dry, which I'm surprised we haven't been scored on a lot more because of that. And I think Powell needs to kind of realize this, you know what, I'm not going to sacrifice, you know, goals because of someone's laziness. And uh, that's something that I think we – I know we, we had talked about formations – you know, something I would like to see, if he's going to play a three-man defense, maybe playing a 3-5-2, two, 
bring in Jamison as a, the attacking mid, uh, have Ever and Lopez up front. And then have Lopez plays. Because one thing that we did see, uh, yeah. Lopez came out with the 53rd. Yeah. He came out due to injury, not performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully it's nothing serious and it was more, hey, you know, he tweaked something. Let's let's take him out as precaution. Yeah, then we can have Gomez as one outside outside on the wing because he does hustle back. We can have Barbie on the outside back, and then also Pirano with Jamison, you know, in those attacking mids, and then be and then have Pekka as the holding mid. I think a three-five-two with that 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 puts your best players out there and changes it up a bit. Plus, you know, when you do attack on a three-five-two, you're actually a three-four-three. You know, and then when you defend, like I said, you're still be able to defend all the areas you need. So I think that's what Paul maybe needs to look into the next game. If, if Franks is available, you know, maybe this will open Billy's eyes and realize, you know what, I'm, I need to step it up or not. I want to be stuck here on the bench. Because that's where he's kind of been. I mean, there's been some spurts there where he hasn't been getting very minutes and you could tell he was kind of frustrated. And then we saw, you know, last month or whatever, where he seemed to be getting some more playing time and seemed to have kind of turned something around a little bit. But Obviously, uh, this past weekend's performance, not very indicative of that. Um, well, we know last year, towards the end of the season, he was mostly on the bench with Phoenix. And, and I know Phoenix has a little bit more firepower. Um, but that was kind of the surprise where, you know, I, I've spoke with quite a few Phoenix fans. And the performance that, that he's putting in now was semi what he was doing out there. And their coach at that time, basically, you know, you know, Rick Shams is like, hey, you, you, if you're going to be on the field, you need to do it on both sides. And that's what we thought with Coach Powell is that you got to be able to do it on both sides. And you, to me, you, you've got to have that. And especially where points are pivotal now, you can't have a guy that's that's just one way, you know, at this point here. And, and especially where he's, you know, hot and cold on on, on his side here. And, and you know, like I said here, taking away the, the fan favorite in the history, you know, if, if fans look at it objectively, you know, you probably wouldn't have him in your starting 11. I think Didn't the type of- not start at the end of the season for SAFC before he went to Phoenix? I thought he was riding the bench for us, too, and it was kind of like, okay. Didn't he? I could be completely wrong, no, but I thought he was starting to do had a spell on the bench, yeah. yeah kind Which of I was surprised we even him. brought him back because I was like, he sat on the bench, and so why did we bring him back? Well, I don't think they had intentions on bringing him back because that's why you it's signed Lance Lang. We talked about this earlier in the year. Oh, bring Lance signing Lance Lang. Why are you bringing back Billy Forbes? And I think I think he ha- didn't have a. I think Phoenix cut him, and he didn't have a place to go, and. Uh, you know, San Antonio is home for him, so, you know, it is. And, and unfortunately, you know, Lang, you know, Lang didn't have the good start like he had last year. And, and you know, who knows where he's at now because yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't been even on the 18 in months. He was on the injury report for the match, I believe, this past weekend. So I don't know. Oh, was he? Yeah, he, he was on that. I noticed that because you didn't have him as a sub. And that was kind of the other thing, though. I know, Rafa, you mentioned uh, Barnby there uh, in your starting 11, and that was kind of the other head-scratcher, I felt like, uh, at the match versus Sacramento was uh, when they subbed Barnby for uh, Jose Gallegos. I felt that was kind of an even swap. You really just swapped your kick-taker for your kick-taker a little bit, you know, there in that that situation. And you could tell Barnby also, was a little Also, the you know, size, too, because remember, they were killing us big. on, on – on, on. And free kicks and corner kicks, you know, 
I mean, and Gallegos is a good pay, change of pace. You know, I mean, I rather had seen Gallegos going for Billy. Right. Put him on the wing, you know, but he actually will come back and defend. You know, he's just a stop-and-go player. You know, I think that would have been a better choice as far as the substitution than taking out Barbie because I don't think Barbie was, t- Barbie was tired. He was helping a lot out in defending some of their top players. But, this, like I said, this just need Powell needs just better – focus on the games and see, you know, better matchups because like I said, we do need to get rid of our weak link. And, you know, I think for the next game, I think Billy needs to be on the bench. It kind of maybe, maybe have him think things over say, Hey, you know, I need to step it up. I do need to play both ways a lot better because if not, you know, this could be my last year here and you know, I'm somewhere else. Well, they got a tough matchup uh, against Reno coming up here, Harry. I know you're hitting the road tomorrow morning for uh, your drive up there to St. Louis. Let's uh, put a pretty bow on this show and uh, wrap it up with just kind of some final thoughts for this upcoming match versus Reno or, or women's soccer or just whatever's on your mind. We'll, we'll start with you again, Danielle. Uh, why don't you just go ahead and wrap it up with your final thoughts? My final thought is going to be a completely different thought is Copa Tejas. Mm-hmm. SAFC has one more match. If we win, we go in the lead, but a bunch of other teams have three more matches to play. So this is critical. If, even if we don't win the entire season, let's win a local trophy. Um, and I also heard SAFC is going to be doing a TIFO party, which should be fun, kind of like the um, paint the wall party. So lots of good things for the last Copa match, which is August 17th here versus RGV. So um, welcome to the slaughterhouse. Amen. That's a big the one. sandbox. It's the <laughs> sandbox. It was. It's not looking like much of a. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, no, that's 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 awesome. It wasn't looking like we were going to have much of a chance at that Copa Tejas uh, Cup early on, and then kind of lucky to get some points yes. in that um, here. Mm-hmm. So one more win would definitely help. But um, mm-hmm. how about for you, Rafa? Any final thoughts for uh, today's show? Um. Well, as far as for Saturday's game, I'm hoping that. Um, I, th- I think I see maybe a one-one tie. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. Ho- I'm hoping for the three points, but I- I hopefully we can get the one-one tie and get ready for the next. You know, the the te- Copa Tejas showdown with uh, RGV. Mm-hmm. So that's one game I'm looking forward and um, like I said, just final thoughts. I said hopefully we can get like I said better support for women's soccer here in San Antonio. I think we can have a pro- women's professional team. You know, we just need. Uh, sports entertainment just to kind of step it up, partner up with somebody who's done it before, whether it's Juventus, Club America, or even New York City FC, because you know we had a little partnership with them for a while. You know, I think it, you know it'll be a good benefit for our city, showcase the talent we have as far as women's soccer we have in San Antonio. Absolutely, and last but not least, our uh, expert here, Harry. Yeah, not much of an expert, but I'm going to kind of go off topic on this one here. Um, you know, me and, and Rafa, what, two weeks ago was over in El Paso. Um, we all know, unfortunately, what happened uh, this weekend here. Um, I know Daniel kind of hinted at a TIFO uh, party here. Um, I know I've asked uh, the Crocketeers, uh, the Stampede, because uh, I know there's about 15 of them coming up. Um, and you know, I know, uh, Thomas has reached out to, uh, mission city as well here. Um, I think I'm, I'm thinking with the Copa Teos, they're going to be doing a TIFO to, to support El Paso. 
um, is my understanding for that here. Um, but there's also, um, you know, you know, if you follow, uh, if you, you know, on August 5th, uh, um, soccer uh, barista uh, at soccer barista, Dan Bond uh, over in El Paso. Um, he wrote a hell of an article on protagonist soccer. Um, he, he's actually a manager of barista for uh, Starbucks um, that is in that same area. Uh, and, uh, you know, was very lucky not to be in the uh, Walmart. Uh, Walmart at that time. Uh, so it's something that I would really recommend uh, reading, uh, make sure you got some tissue because it's it's a it's a hell of a first count feeling of, of what it is. And um, I know we're all a soccer uh, store, you know, soccer show. And, you know, I know during 90 minutes, RGV, Austin, you know, El Paso, San Antonio, we all uh, go at each other. But uh, obviously with last weekend, we all want to support each other. And, and, you know, whether it's giving blood, you know, donations, you know, I know there was a, a girls soccer team. Uh, that's, you know, that their coaches unfortunately were shot. So um, if you can do anything to help out, you know, like I said here, you know, uh, my suggestion, you know, like I said here, if you just read the the story from, uh, you know, at Soccer Barista, um, and like I said here, if you can help out with the TIFO, from my understanding, um, it may have some correlation with the, you know, El Paso Strong uh, for that here. And like I said here, I, I know I've reached out to the Stampede and um, I think everybody, if, if it is, if it does come to truth that that's what SAFC will sign off on, um, I think all the supporter groups will be standing together for that, um, if possible. So that'll be something definitely to keep an eye on for the next couple of weeks. And uh, again, this has been another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out.